I'm Jana, the little sister. And I'm Jeff, her big brother. Welcome to Sibling Rivalry, a podcast about our favorite sport, baseball. This week on Sibling Rivalry Baseball, we continue to explore MLB's failure to launch. And an SRBB investigation, baseball history or baseball lore. Now a quick check of the SRBB headlines. The NBA approves 22-team format to restart the 2019-2020 season, July 31st in Orlando, Florida. Chris Archer of the Pirates has shoulder surgery, and he'll be out for the 2020 season, if there is one. Former Dodger Carl Crawford is arrested on assault charges. The NHL and the NHLPA have finalized an agreement for the 2019-2020 playoff format. And that'll do it for this week's SRBB headlines. You can find these and previous headlines at SiblingRivalryBB.com. Remember to rate and subscribe wherever you listen to our podcast. So the battle continues between the players in the league as to what the details will be money-wise, games-wise, mostly money-wise. While the NBA and the NHL have figured out what they're doing, should they come back? Because obviously nothing is set in stone yet, but they have a good idea and they know when they want to start. They know how they want to do it. NHL is going right to playoffs. The NBA is playing 22 of the 30 teams so that they can kind of wrap up the regular season and get to playoffs. MLB is still in a spot where it looks like they're not going to have anything. No matter what one side says, the other side counters with something that will be completely rejected by the other side. Yeah, exactly. And when you look at, we talked about the NBA and the NHL in our headlines, but we also have the PGAs coming back. WNBA is considering 22 games. UFC had some match. NASCAR's back. WrestleMania happened. And right. professional bull riding, PBR, they've been riding this whole time. In a stadium with or arenas without fans, it's been on TV. And PBR is a lot different because if you don't win money at the competition, you're out. So they don't get a certain salary like baseball or these other professional sports. But they're just another one that has said, okay, this is what we're going to do. And they've already made a comeback. Whereas MLB is, they're just dragging their feet. And the longer they drag their feet, I think now I see 48 games. That's like exhibition season to me. It won't mean anything. Why even bother have a playoff? It doesn't make sense to me. Right. It's a little extended spring training. Yeah, exactly. I I mean, from, you know, I don't know how many games there are in spring training, but you figure spring training games start at the end of February and run all the way through March and they play just about every day. Yes. I think it's pretty close to 48 or, you know, somewhere in that range. So the longer this goes on, there is no question that the players want to play look on any social media, Twitter, they're wanting to play. It all comes down to money. The owners at this point, they don't care. doesn't matter. You know, you had mentioned last week about setting the stadium on fire for the insurance money. And that's kind of where we're at at 
at this point because every proposal that they give to the players is the same proposal right just the, over the, and over the only people it looks different to is is the fans really because it's like wait the players wanted to play this many games and now the owners are offering like this latest proposal i think they mentioned 70 some odd games yeah 76 games that would end on september 27th with the postseason finishing up by the end of october Right, because they're worried um, about a second wave. Right. Which and I don't 70, think that makes any sense because why worry about something we don't know when or if is going to happen? Obviously, right now, we're not sure how anything's going to change based off of all of the protests and things we've seen all over the country. We don't know if that's going to cause a spike here in the next couple of weeks, which could take everything back and and change the whole landscape again or we'll finally figure out if herd immunity works yeah so we don't we don't know what that's going to be but every time that they do this 76 or, or 50 or the player said 114 after being at 82 they always counter back with something that is exactly the same thing just with a tweak the the end numbers all come the same. You're still only going to make this amount of money, this percentage, what, like 35% or something like that, I think is what I keep seeing pop up. Right. I saw somebody on Twitter wrote, wow, look at that. The league is really, is really trying here. They stopped offering six and decided to offer half a dozen. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that's spot on. That's exactly what's happening. Yeah, we talked about uh, before uh, Mike Axia. I think he writes for CBS Sports. He's a yeah. sports writer. And he said 82 games at a sliding scale equals 33% salary. 50 games at prorated pay equals 33% salary. 76 games at 75% prorated pay, drum roll, 33% salary. They're in the hamster wheel. And they're just running and running and running and there's no movement because they don't go anywhere and they just keep offering the same. So at this point, I saw on Twitter, Jim Bowden was like, we need baseball back and you got to do whatever you need to do. But I don't think they know what they're doing. There's no clarity in I what think they're the doing. Owners, the owners are trying to play one of those deals where they're giving you the ad one for $50 or two for a hundred and you go two for a hundred. And they think that the players union, now the fans who aren't paying attention may say, yeah, come on, grab it players. Let's do this. But it's the same thing. And the union sees that. And obviously we know the players want to play because if they don't play, they don't get paid. They don't get paid. Right. And it's a shell game. You know, you've got the Uh ball, but the thing is, is there's a ball under each one. So it doesn't matter which one you choose. They're still going to have an offer, but it's the same thing. And, right. and or there's no balls offered... under any of the shells. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you're never going to win. You're never going to win. And it's like war yeah. games. Remember yeah. at the end of war games where it was like, they kept playing tic-tac-toe, tic-tac-toe. He goes, this is a stupid game. Why do we keep playing it? the same kind of idea they just keep getting worse and worse it's the same proposal over and over and again it all comes down to the owners obviously we have a lot of owners 
that are not baseball fans, I've come to that conclusion. We already know Rob Manfred. He's supposed to be the biggest. He should be the biggest fan of baseball, but all he wants is less baseball. I guess his greatest wish would be no baseball. I don't, I don't know. He gets paid regardless whether there's a season or not. True. The owners will make whatever money they make, regardless of whether there's a season or not. The players are the only ones that lose here. To me, that should be what we're focused on as far as fans looking at it. Why are the players willing to take this risk and not take any money for the season versus saying, yeah, you're right. We just want to play. We'll take whatever you give us. We have to look too. once again, big picture. Small picture is we want baseball to come back this year. And we want it to come back before the NBA and the NHL to be the savior that it has been because that's good for the game. Right. And it's always been that, like you said, that savior, you know, 9-11 during the war, World War II, all of that. Yeah. It's always been there. It's part of its history. Right. For as long as... We can remember baseball was around before any of these other sports. You know, we need to look at at the players from the standpoint that they're looking at it saying, we're willing for this to be a wash. And if ever there was a season to take your stand, this would be it. Been in jeopardy for a long time now. Yeah. And the other thing, too, we go back to, I was just thinking, NBA, NHL, these other sports, the NFL, they had their full draft, which MLB is not having a full draft. And they're planning on a full season, which makes sense, because why wouldn't they? I mean, they don't start until September. It's going to be, it's always going to be, well, the NBA, they were able to do something. The NHL was able to do something. Now, granted, there were they were towards the end of their season. They were going into playoffs anyway, but people don't see that. They're just like, they're coming back. And then here comes football has a lot more viewership than MLB. And it's like, well, why, why couldn't MLB do this? Obviously not play the full games because it's a lot more. I mean, baseball is a lot harder. You've got 162 games. But when you just keep paring it down and paring it down, it's okay, we're going to play a three-day tournament. It right. <laughs> is what it's well going to come down to. Those, just the, the, an invitational kind of thing. And just invite everybody. And you play a round-robin tournament. Put everybody seed seed the teams based on last year and let it go. And then whoever wins it all wins it all. Why not just do that? Yeah. I think that actually is a better proposal than going from 82 games, 76 games, 48 games. At least we get to see something and it could, it would add some excitement to it. I guess it would be kind of like the college world series, you know, that, that setup, that would be more exciting than 48 games. Is there a playoff with a 48 game proposal? Yeah, there's they're trying to do a full playoffs. I don't know if they changed it from the what was it 14 teams up from the 10 if that's still part of that proposal. I haven't seen that. That's still part of the idea because there's more money playoffs. And in this latest proposal before they offered 35% or 33% of of pet player salary for the regular season. Then they would go to playoffs if there is playoffs. I think the first proposal was like $200 million. Mm -hmm. And now they've about doubled it, 400, 
430 or something like that. So it, they bumped up the playoff share a little bit, which is good if you make the playoffs. They want to do playoffs because they know they'll get more money. I think there's more money in the television contracts. Plus, yeah, I think later, so too. I think the later they push in, they think that they're going to be able to bring in some sort of fans. Who is it? I think in Texas, yes, they're, Texas they're allowing is... up to half of the stadiums. We could do, you could do that round robin tournament between Arlington and Houston with the dome stadiums. Right. And, that would, ta- that would work. Whoever comes out of Houston plays, whoever comes out of Arlington for the 2020 MLB championship. Definitely not a world series. Not the same. I wouldn't want the Dodgers to win that. <laughs> no, but that would be the, that would be the thing. Honestly, <laughs> This would be the year that it would be okay if the Orioles or the Tigers or the Marlins or one of the teams that in the last few years have been the bottom of the league kind of teams. Yes. I would who's be okay never, with who's that. never won one? This is a year for Seattle or yeah. Colorado. Or... It could be the Cinderella story. Right. <laughs> this could be their year. That way they could. Say, well, we won a championship. Now nah, we didn't win the World Series because there wasn't really one. Yeah, it would be the COVID-19 championship trophy. trophy, And you only get it once because hopefully that would be all there is. I don't know. Some people are getting it twice. Oh. I've heard. So <laughs> I, have, I have heard that too. Cares because it's only just a piece of metal anyway, right? Exactly. It doesn't mean much just a piece of metal but you going back to you look at you know mike trout in his prime what could he have done for this whole season mookie betts playing with the dodgers um garrett cole all of these guys that we're all looking forward to seeing and we're just all twiddling our thumbs because the play the um owners just I, they just don't care. They don't care. That's that's where I'm at right now. Because they didn't care enough about... I mean, now they do, but I mean, the before, like the A's. I keep harping on the A's. They don't care about their minor leaguers. I mean, they're really showing... Or the Rockies either. The Rockies kind of the Rockies. like the A's. Yes. So, you yeah. know, they really show their true colors. Because to me, if you're going to own a ball club, you should love the sport it shouldn't of course it's an investment but you should love it and yeah. i just feel like a lot of these owners it's all about money and who cares about baseball which is really sad it's like any business that you see that is not working hard to be the best in whatever their business is because if if you find and i think it's something that we've we've learned over the last few years, especially, it's become a bigger, more known thing, is that in a lot of times, you make more money by losing money because of tax write-offs and other things that are available to owners of businesses, especially bigger businesses. Their motivation to keep something going or to be successful or to make to turn a profit isn't as big because they know that they're going to win in the end anyway being able to manipulate the system or take advantage of the loopholes that have been open for them by the way that the 
the codes and everything are written. And I keep hearing unnamed sources that are high up in MLB offices. There will be a season. But to me, it would be detrimental to have a season where there's so much contention between the owners and the players. The players are going to go out and play because they do love the game. I mean, that's what that's why they're ball players. They love right. it. But going forward, it this really does and will affect the game. And they do have the CBA coming up. Um, we talked about that last week. Maybe just cancel the season, work on the CBA. You know, let's get let's move forward with something better and come back stronger because at this point it's just a dampened down form of baseball. I'd love to watch games. I'd love to see Mookie Betts play with the Dodgers, but it doesn't, it's not going to mean anything. It's not the same. And I'd rather see, you know, a round Robin tournament and do that. Maybe it'd probably take them two weeks and that's it and call it say, okay, Here's our COVID-19 trophy winners and go from there. Yeah. If you want to put something out there and at least get the game out and played, that that makes sense. Also, going back to keep hearing there will be a season and the players are playing under duress or do they file a union? Do they file a grievance with the union because they played and they weren't paid what they should have been paid? There's too many risks involved going forward as i see it first you're losing the game and of for what it is and then the players are going to play because they want to play but they're still going to do it there still will be hard feelings i would think that whole idea of there will be a season goes back to what the owners believe that march agreement was in that okay, we'll pay you 100% of your salaries based on games played. After that, it's all on us. We get to choose the schedule. So if we say you're only going to play 48 games, that's it. That's all we're going to play. That's end of story. There's no negotiation about that because that was part of the, the March agreement. And then the owners know because they've been playing this just like we were talking about. They've been playing this the whole way that if they say, okay, we're ready. We're going to pay you, as you requested, 100% pro rata for 48 games. And then the players say no. Then the owners now can say, well, you're reneging on this contract or this agreement that we had. And then essentially you get a lockout without officially being a lockout. And once again, who has the, who's taking the big risk here across the board? It's the players. The players aren't going to get anything in either of those circumstances if they don't play they don't get any money we that's firmly established the owners will not lose as much as they say they're going to lose by playing fanless games that's why i think we have to look at what the players are saying and doing and as you mentioned and we talked about last week about the cba the cba expires i think it's like december 1st of 2021 So we'll see next season played, we think. And at the end of that season, before there's signings or the normal cycle of things, the CBA will run out. And then we'll have the off season 
if they haven't come to an agreement, the offseason will be fighting about what they want. And the players are going to take their stand. And of course, the owners are going to be dug in. And anything that happens now weakens one side or the other in their mind. It still makes no sense. If we're already at this point, we're, we're in June, it's going to be hard for games to start July 4th, July 6th, based on a three-week or so spring training. Why not say, let's get this CBA done now. So that way, December 1st of 2021, we're no longer talking about this. We've already taken care of it, and we can continue to build on making the game stronger and rebounding from our PR nightmare of COVID-19. They're too myopic. They only want to talk about what's happening right now, and it seems as though maybe to some extent the players are, are looking, they may not be looking at let's get a CBA done now, but they're at least looking from their standpoint, what helps us, what hurts us going forward. Right. And at this point, the sad thing is the MLB is ruining baseball. Not, you know, not little league and not high school or college, you know, those, because baseball within itself is baseball. And then you have the MLB, the fans, the players, Everyone around, we want baseball back, but the MLB doesn't seem to care. To me, that's that's really sad. When you contrast, talked about it last week, when you have somebody like Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, who is a true fan and says, we want, we want them back on the court, the NHL commissioner the same way. We want these guys back playing. And here we are, the greatest sport of all time, and the owners don't care, the commissioner doesn't care, and as fans, what can we do? There's not much we can we do. Can, we can voice our opinions. You know, this, sure. is like a, this is like one of those relationships. We've all known somebody, you get in a relationship with somebody, and then you have some trouble. Maybe you break up, you get back together. You break up, you get back together, but there's maybe one person in the relationship that's always thinking, oh, we'll always get back together. They're going to come back. And then there's that one time when they don't, they don't understand why, because all this time they got it in their head that it was just always going to be there. The fans will always be there. Major League Baseball just assumes the fans will always be there. And as many people I've seen on social media have written, many of the the uh, reporters, the the uh, writers that are MLB writers, they all say, yeah, we'll all be back. The diehards, but based on the eroding fandom, the clearly they're not getting, baseball's not bringing in many new fans. That number is going to be like what they keep trying to throw. You know, okay, the fans are coming back, but only 33% of the fans are really coming back because that's only the amount of people, maybe that's the amount of people that are true diehard fans. They'll come back. So now you're going to play to empty stadiums without their, a need for social distancing simply because nobody's interested because guess what? They finally said, that's it. I'm leaving. And going back to when you talk about baseball and dwindling fans, I mean, like you said, there's always going to be the diehards. We're always going to love baseball. That's like, it's in our DNA. 
We've talked about that, and that will always be. But this was interesting. Game 7 of the 2019 World Series was the third least watched fall classic in the last 47 years. And the 2019 All-Star Game was a record low number. And the thing is, is it was even worse than the NBA All-Star Game's pregame show. Not the NBA All-Star Game, their pregame show. Wow, that's crazy. Also, the average age of baseball viewers is 57, with only 7% of viewers under the age of 18. So baseball really has a lot to do in the PR department, and they are not helping themselves when they just continually throw out the same proposal over and over again. No, not at all. But like we said, their goal is not to have a season because they see it as there's no guarantee we'll have fans in our stands. So we don't know that we'll have revenue between the gate revenue, concessions. We don't know what we're going to get. And we don't know that how many people actually come out, even if we can put in, say, 50% of the stadium. Will there be enough people? I'm sure in some places, yeah. In other places, people are going to stay away because they're still not sure about everything. Now it's going to be a little, uh, a different issue is it's been taken out of our mind because of current events. It's been kind of a back burner. It's still there. The number of people dying from it is still rising because everybody's focused over here. We're not seeing what the effect is. So they don't know. That's like what I think with the NFL, the NFL is able to plan based on the belief that they're going to be able to fill stadiums because by then things will have calmed down. The restrictions will have been eased to the point that they can allow the stadiums to be filled or at such a number, more than half. They can look at it and plan based off of, off of that. Baseball knows what's happening right now, can make strides in the right direction, and refuses to do it. I think, why not just play in front of stuffed animals like they did the other day <laughs> at Korean Baseball? There's ways to fill the stands, even if it's with stuffed animals. And players, or not players, but the fans could send in their stuffed animals. Of course, they have to be sanitized. Or like angels at the Angel Stadium, they could be rally monkeys everywhere. And right. every seat. What is it? I mean, 50,000 50, rally monkeys? Yeah. It just is getting to the point where, yeah, the NFL, they do have that luxury of seeing what's happening now, you know, going forward. And hopefully, I would hope they'd be smart enough to have contingency plans for second wave or whatever it may be. Because it is where it's an unknown. Nobody knows. Are going to go back to school? You know, there's so many things. But right now, the problem is, is the, the public... The only thing they see is NBA is going to play games, even if it's 22 games. NHL is going to play games. And the NFL is going to play a season. That's all they see. They don't see the inner workings of it. They just see the 
outside, you know, that outside ring. And I don't see the inner, what's happening on the inner. And with baseball, it's just money. And we're never going to see it. You know, they're not going to release their financial statements. The owners aren't. You know, it's like tax returns and and presidents. They're not going to do that. But we know what players earn. It puts the players at a distinct disadvantage, not for the diehard fan, because I think we get it, but for the person that's on the outside of the circle and they just see the money, but they don't see the owners and the how it all comes together. No, they don't. And that's another thing. When you look at the NBA, the NHL, and the NFL, all of those sports require the players to be close to one another. The NFL, in every play, the lines are in contact with one another, blocking. People are getting tackled. The NBA, you're in there. You're guarding somebody. There's not like a six-foot gap. You're not going to have social distancing. Hockey, the same thing. It would be interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, you're blocking from six feet away. Uh, if the player gets within six feet, you're down. Yeah. It changes the whole dynamic. All these other sports have, from the health standpoint, have social distancing problems. Baseball, with the exception of home plate, the umpire, the catcher, and the batter all close together there. And then a player at first base, when the runner's being held on, then you're going to have the runner, the first baseman, and then the the base coach are all kind of right there. Other than that, this is like the most socially distanced game short of the ones that we've seen golf, NASCAR, bowling, you know, you don't have to bowling. They can have pro bowling. They don't have to bowl next to one another. They can be a couple lanes apart. Yeah. And the same thing too. I mentioned um, PBR. I don't know how many people are familiar have watched PBR but the same thing, you've got the guys running the shoots, but it's the rider and the bull. So, yeah. I saw some. You told me it was on, and I saw it flipping through the channels one night and saw that even the like the rodeo clowns were even staying back mm-hmm. and trying to do what they do without having a lot of contact with the rider and distract the bull so that they could get the, uh, you know, get the rider up and out of the way without really contacting them. So even they're working it out, but there's still some inherent distance. Yes. But none is greater than baseball. Exactly. You don't have, with the exceptions of those two things, or a play at second base, a stolen base or something like that, there's not that many instances of it. And these other games, these other sports have it every, that's, that's an, that's a big part of the game contact with one another. So those are things that they've got to, NFL is going to have to figure out what they're going to do. If through their process, somebody tests positive going forward, if that comes up, I'm, I think they're probably working something, but maybe they're just smart enough not to make it about all that yet. And they don't have to worry about the money. I understood early on when they said, look, we haven't started our season yet with MLB. We don't have our normal revenue generation, our, you know, those pieces of our pie in place. It's harder for us to to get going and to make all this work. 
Whereas the NBA and the NHL, they had played almost their full seasons. So it's a little easier to say, well, we've, we've brought in the revenue that we expected. Now it's more a matter of trying to finish out the season. Yeah. I mean, they have that, I guess, advantage because they are, they were already towards the end of their season. But again, if you're a casual sports fan, all you see is they're playing. That's it. Then if you read about the MLB and the players and the negotiations, it's, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. I think that's another thing too. NBA, how many players tested positive? That's true. Yeah, there because were a they lot were from almost every team. You had big names in the game that tested positive. You had it across the board, and yet they're still finding a way to come back. And how many players did you have you heard? tested positive i've heard staff that were outside of the players i haven't really heard any of players maybe a minor leaguer somewhere but the main roster the 26 man rosters as far as i know nobody tested positive they were the first to have players or that we know you know to test positive and if you think about it out of it kind of started the whole thing i mean obviously there were going to be changes because of coronavirus but in the sports world when you had the first player from the jazz test positive and then there was another and then they were playing the oklahoma city thunder and they cleared the whole stadium and at that moment then it was okay spring training's done everything just stopped and I think that was kind of the way for everything. But as far as the sports, NBA and the one player who was just dumb because he had before made jokes about the coronavirus, breathed on microphones. I don't even remember his name, but... Rudy Gobert. Yeah, just being a jerk about the whole thing. And then he tests positive and he shuts down everything, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah, go well, and, and a lot of people at the, at the beginning took it lightly. That is true. They did. There there was a lot of that fun and games. Kids thought it was nothing. They're all joking. Their parents were probably joking about it. So they didn't really look at it. And a lot of people thought this is just another stage of the flu. Yeah. I, I work at a high school and we had kids prior to them, the our education department saying okay you're going to shut down the schools for the rest of the year we had kids in class that i had to get after every day because they're coughing on each other thinking it was funny it wasn't funny they thought it was but they didn't amuse me go to the principal yeah go get the principal sick (laughs) way to go so all the sports leagues being cautious is good but at some point you have to decide Are we going to be so cautious that we're just not going to do anything? And I think that while people would be upset with baseball, baseball just said, we're ending the season because we don't see how we can safely play these games and not risk exposure to everyone involved in putting the game on. Yeah. And instead of saying, yeah, this is a money thing, cancel the season for a reason that people can probably get behind. They mean, there's going to be people out there who don't like it. There's people who believe this is a hoax. But in the big picture, people are going to say, yes, that I can. It's not about that they are worried about money. 
about they're worried about the safety and and well-being of not just the players but everyone involved in the game. Yeah, and if you look at the health protocols, I think every manager cuz it's over 60 is at risk and it's if you look at the at the health protocols that the um, MLB sent out. So that pretty much is almost every manager. So, you know, like uh, Joe Madden, I mean, he looks like he's in good health, but he's 66, so he still fits into that category. Dave Roberts, he's had cancer. There are other players that have type 1 diabetes and, you know, that are under control, but they're at higher risk. And for the league to say, well, you can sign this waiver that there's an acknowledgement of risk going forward but is that good enough? And I think you're right. In the end, it should be, uh, it would be better for, for baseball to say, because of these things, we can't control these things. We don't know how this is going to play out. We've just decided it will be better for the, the safety of our players, our staff, not to play. And we may see that when the other leagues start up, if something happens, they may shut right back down again. But at least they gave it a try. Essentially, the NBA is doing what we call what we called the Arizona bubble. They've got the Orlando bubble. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about that. They're doing but- that same kind of idea. And obviously, it's easier when you only have 12 players on a team. I guess there's 15 on the roster. You have smaller amount of people. It's a little easier to do across the board, but still all those moving parts. And there are, you know, players can opt out. They don't want to play for various reasons, especially if they have health issues or their family has health issues. I know at the beginning of this, it kind of it irritated me. It was, well, I can't see my kids and I can't, it was more, I don't want to say superficial, but it was things that didn't matter. But now we're getting, your health is important, but you don't have to play if you don't feel comfortable. But again, who doesn't play? And then who do you put in that takes away from the game? Because what if a player that you really say is a top player on your team doesn't play? Mike Trout would be a good example. If they're going to play 48 games, his wife's due in August to have their mm-hmm. first child. Why bother? Garrett Cole is another one whose wife is due this summer. While he'll only play, you know, in a 48-game season, he's just going to play a handful of games. He still takes that risk, and his wife is is due sometime as well. So here you've got two of the two of the top paid players in the league two of the bigger names and obviously everybody's watching to see what's going to happen with the Yankees with Garrett Cole, what kind of team the Yankees are going to be this year because of his addition and other things. But if he doesn't play because it's like, I don't want to take that risk. Mike Trout doesn't play because they don't want to take that risk, especially for that short of a season because if they have to leave the team for the birth of their child, then they're going to have to quarantine for 14 days before they come back, they've lost a good portion of the season right there. What, the third of it by being quarantined for 14 days of a 48-game schedule? Yeah, it's, why bother? Let's, this, again, we've said it, let's call it, and called on account of 
owners being greedy. We've talked about this before, about the history of baseball. Baseball goes back into the 1800s, and there is just so much history that parallels our country. When you think about all the other sports that are out there, what player comes up that is bigger than, say, Babe Ruth? Baseball has always been something beyond just history, become the stuff legends are made of. Looking through baseball history for this week, I stumbled upon an interesting story. This was from June 8, 1952. Prior to the start of a twin bill against the Cincinnati Reds, Dodger manager Chuck Dresden tells Cal Abrams that if he wants to stay with the team, the bench warmer will need to verbally taunt the skipper of the opposing club, much to his chagrin, the spare outfielder who spends the entire first game of a doubleheader severely heckling his opponents and their leader, is informed between games he has been traded to Cincinnati. <laughs> Effective tomorrow and will need to report to his new boss, one very angry Roger Hornsby. Wow. It, that's that's kind of crazy. Yeah, we're going to make you do that. Now, the question is, did did the manager know, Charlie Dreesen know, that he was going to be traded before the game? Yeah, and did he... I heard that Dreesen was not a very popular manager. Yeah, Players he wasn't a nice not, guy. He, just not a nice guy. So... It would make sense to me that if he did know that he totally would have said, yeah, you, go go make fun of them, taunt them, you know, give it all you got, knowing that Cal Abrams would be in a red uniform the next day. This is something that you would could believe because it said that Charlie Dreesen held Cal Abrams out of the game on Cal Abrams Day. Yes, now he didn't that, even play on his own day. Yeah, not a nice guy at all. So get you thinking, who is Cal Abrams? Who was he? And this story, a great story, but digging deeper, is it baseball history or baseball lore? Which it could be. Baseball has been around so long that stories just pop up and and as we know there's many tall tales you can find books of them in a library tall tales that were told you know paul bunyan and his blue uh, ox babe yeah johnny appleseed so baseball is in the same category so the question is did this happen what is it history or is it baseball lore and i know because you're the fact person, you probably went and looked into this to find out whether that's that was uh, true or just a tall tale. So as much as I wanted this to be true, because I think it's great that that would happen, uh, not for Cal Abrams, but just the whole the whole story. It is a tall tale. It is baseball lore, and the major factor is it not that Cal Abrams he was traded to the Cincinnati Reds. But it says that he would report to his new field boss, Rogers Hornsby. Rogers Hornsby did manage the Cincinnati Reds, but he managed them 
two months later. He wasn't even the manager at the time that this story supposedly took place. But it's a great story, and it and that's again what's great about baseball is yeah you have the history, but then you have these fun stories just seem impossible. You're like, oh man, poor guy. But the yeah, um, thinking Cal- that he had to go play for Rogers Hornsby after riding them, and wasn't part of that story that Rogers Hornsby was just livid. Yes, and and angry with uh, with Cal about all of the things that he said. Yeah, he, he was, was upset, he wasn't but he there. wasn't there. I think he was in St. Louis at oh, right. the time. Right, St. Louis Browns, right? Yes. Now, Dresden not playing Cal Abrams on Cal Abrams Day, that is true. Right. Um, Cal Abrams, he even, while he was still alive, said that happened. And because we know Dresden's character and the type of person he was, it goes right along fitting in with his persona of being a rotten guy. That part's probably not lore. <laughs> no. But now, it makes it easy it makes it easy to to take for that story to build like that because of the kind of people that were involved. Yes. And one of the other things too I was thinking about, you know, stories that like this one, but we have a great story about Jackie Robinson and Pee-wee Reese and Pee-wee Reese going over to first base and putting his arm around Jackie Robinson. There's a statue in New York City um, that depicts that, but no reporters mention that in their stories for that day. So, and I think that happened in Cincinnati where it was really, it was, you know, there were death threats and there were things like that happening. And Pee Wee Reese goes over and puts his arm around Jackie Robinson. Now, just because the reporters didn't write about it doesn't mean it didn't happen. Nobody's ever said definitively, yes, this was, this happened. Again, it adds itself to baseball history. Well, it is certainly certainly based on the time frame that makes Pee Wee Reese look much better. And that he had at that time said, I don't care who he is, what he looks like. He's a great player. He's going to help us win. That's it. Another Interesting, and we have verified proof. We know that this is not baseball lore. This is baseball history. This happened June 9th, 1999, after being ejected in the 12th inning by plate umpire Randy Marsh for arguing a catcher's interference call. Bobby Valentine returns to the dugout with a fake mustache and glasses. The National League suspends the Mets manager for two games and they fine him for using the disguise. And <laughs> that is on YouTube and we'll put that up on our social media sites and our website. So you can see that happening. I remember that happening and I thinking, I think the announcers are like, well, who is this? And plus, why did Bobby Valentine have a fake mustache and glasses just lying around just for that occasion he knew that it was going to probably happen he knew what he was going to do he planned it it was anticipated he's like squints (laughs) at the pool with windy peppercorn he'd been planning (laughs) it for years yep that's hilarious not lore that actually happened i remember that and i remember seeing it you know a hundred times on like sports center or 
other sports highlights yeah, of coming just, in and doing that. You think, oh, that's too good to be true. But it is. It's true. Bobby Valentine really did. I guess he had his bag of disguises in the Mets dugout or in his in it the was office. in the clubhouse. He had in it back clubhouse. in his office. Yeah. <laughs> just in case. So fun things to think about when you're looking at baseball history, especially during this time when we don't know if there's going to be a season, just finding some really good history, the baseball, the tall tales about baseball, just to keep engaged in the game and to have a deeper love of the game during this difficult time for baseball fans. Amen. That's a wrap for this week's Sibling Rivalry Baseball Podcast. Remember, you can find us at SiblingRivalryBB.com and on Facebook and Instagram at SiblingRivalryBB. As well as on Twitter, SiblingRivalryBB without the A. Email us, show at SiblingRivalryBB.com. We'd love to hear what you think. Subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to our podcast. Join us next week as we continue to monitor and update plans for a 2020 season. 2020? Don't you mean the 2021 season? Yeah!